What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Greg Bergman, what do you got? So I'm a giant Dodger nerd, which we all know about already. But today, Josiah Gray pitched on the hill in the second inning, and he had a perfect inning, by the way. He uh, he did not give up. He had a ground ball from the leadoff hitter with a, an error, got him on base, a pop-up, and 2K. So he pitched pretty well. But just wanted to tell you a little bit about Josiah Gray so we know who he is. He is the Dodgers' number one prospect in all of baseball, he, well, in all of the Dodgers' system. He throws right-handed. He's 6'1", 190 pounds. He's a big dude that throws hard. He throws a lot of fastballs, and it's somewhere between the 92 and 97 range. He throws a curveball, and he throws – and he's working on a changeup right now. These are uh, – and he's working – and his mid-80s slider is something that he needs to prove on a little bit, but – this is the guy that is going to come up. He's, you will see him at some point in the year, and he is the next in the embarrassing riches that the Dodgers have. Yeah, you know a lot about him? I mean, it Just sounded like it, right? I mean, I, mean, uh, I know he came back in the Puig trade for sure, many, I, I, you know, and I'm did. somewhat familiar with his How work. old is he? You know, like, I mean, where is he from? 23, 23 years old. Okay. Yeah. Wow, 23 already. Wow. Already, well, I can yeah. tell you this. So uh, he may have just given up a big, giant bomb. He's not pitching right now. Oh, well, then I'm watching. So he is else. pitching. You're right. I thought he was out of the game. He did. Okay. He is pitching at the moment. So, yes. He just well, gave listen, up a monster bomb. You just gave us a whole five minutes on Andrew Friedman, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a love letter to his ability to just find these sort of players so that no matter who we lose, who gets injured, who gets aged out, who decides they want to contract somewhere else, he's constantly – making sure that he shops at Costco for talent. Well, I think the coolest thing about Josiah Gray when I was looking him up, you know, earlier today was that he played shortstop in college, <laughs> which was the crazy part. And he pitched part-time, and then he's been a full-time pitcher since he's been in the so minor league. So he's a real athlete. No, no, a tremendous athlete. Like right. when you look back at some of his college, uh, you know, stats and and numbers, they are very impressive. You know where he went to school? I didn't look him up. Uh, crap. I don't remember now. Right, Hold I'll on a second. You. I'm going to Google Give it. me a second. Uh, That's cool, man. Interesting. I always like stories like that. Where he went a guy... to LeMoyne College. LeMoyne. No, no, yeah, no, there it is. Yeah. Really? I knew it was some random place I'd never heard I, of I'll before. be real with you, and I don't yeah. care if somebody call me racist or not. I'm just happy to see some brothers. No, I don't think what anybody's going to call you racist in that. I think that's, no. a, I think that's I mean, actually a real no, thing. No, well, it's been a big issue in Major League big, Baseball yeah. for many, many, many years. It's a huge issue in Major yeah, League dude. Baseball. So yeah. I'm just happy to see brothers still interested in the game. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, speaking of brothers who are interested in the game, our buddy Clinton Yates stops by. That That is uh, that's his music as well. Hello, Clinton Yates. Are you excited about Josiah Gray? Yes, I'm excited about Josiah Gray. I'm not excited that I'm on a phone or not on a comrade, so you can feel my full voice coming through about how upset <laughs> I am about this uniform situation in this game. There are two teams playing with blue jerseys and blue hats. This is an abomination. You cannot uh, know what's going on. How can this happen? Yeah, this is you, not okay. You got the gray it. pants of the Cubs, and you got the white pants of the Dodgers. That's the differential. Yeah. They don't even either one of them have stripes. What is going on? This is such a failure on an equipment manager level. It's I love the equipment manager guys. They normally get it done. I'm sure this is a laundry scenario, but somebody's got to make a change at least to the hats. Come on, gentlemen. It's Eddie. a test, man. It's a test to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Clinton, let me ask you this. As we're talking about the Dodgers, um, you know, the last time we had you on, we were talking about what we think could be a very competitive NL West this year. 
Um, you know, Dave Roberts was on with us, I believe, shortly thereafter and was basically like, man, we don't care about what they're going to do over there. We're just focused on us. I do like that attitude, though. Like, how do you feel about him just kind of like looking at them being like, nah, get out of my way? I don't mind that in spring training. I don't love that overall. And the third thing I'll say about that is the only reason you can get away with that is when you win a World Series because otherwise, the Padres are very much larger than they appear in the mirror, as far as I'm concerned. That was the case before they made all the pickups from a pitching staff standpoint of this offseason. I thought the Padres were a team, as much as I might like them just because they happen to be fun, they were also competitive. You know, let's not forget what happened last year. Dave got a little hot about the fact that a random everyday player for the Padres hit a game and pimped it a little too hard. Like, if that was the kind of thing that was going to at least get Dave to talk about it, I believe that there might be more than they're willing to admit about how they feel about the competition level is. Do I think the Padres are going to run away with the NL West? Absolutely not. But they are what I would call formidable opponents at this stage, at least on paper. But, you know, that's why I don't play the games on paper. Yeah, but you know what, Clint, let me tell you something, man. You know, the, the thing about Dave Roberts is I don't think it's a Dodgers versus Padres thing. I actually think that it's a little bit more personal for Dave Roberts. You got to remember that Dave grew up in San Diego. Dave wound up playing for the Padres and Dave was the bench coach of the Padres when they fired their manager and they went into their minor league system and they hired some old guy who lasted for about 50 games and the Padres wouldn't so much as even show some professional courtesy to Dave and, and just give him an interview, at least give him an opportunity. And what happened is the lousy then Padres let Dave go and the you know playoff ready and built Dodgers hired him as their manager. So he was good enough for the Dodgers, but he wasn't good enough for the then lousy Padres. And so I think for Dave, there's probably still a little bit inside that is a little uh, irked by the Padre organization. And Cap, I know you're a San Diego guy, but to me that's fuel. That's reasonable professional fuel. I'm not saying that Doc's got to be out there flaming the organization, not by any means, but they are completely, again, a formidable opponent, and they have personal history. Why not say a thing or two? Get this thing moving. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging the Padres as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? These are the kind of problems that before you had me on, you mentioned brothers in the game, so on and so forth. I would love Dave to be in a position where he felt empowered enough to say something, not necessarily about that all the time. You don't have to diss the front office or whomever the ownership group may be every single time you go out. But, yeah, there's a good reason for people to know why Dave's got a problem with this franchise. I don't mind hearing about that, especially if it comes in a competitive format, which is obviously the case as the vision rivals, if you want to use that word. So switching gears just for a hot second, the NBA has unveiled its basketball court, Clinton, for the All-Star weekend, Mm. and it's all HBCU'd up. My question to you is, are we at the place now where high schoolers who are thinking about going to college to play ball should reconsider going to HBCUs now that everything is open up and there's no longer sort of like a pipeline that has to come through just one specific sort of school structure, but actually multiple sort of structures in which you can end up in the NBA like a LaMelo ball? You know, that's an interesting question on, on, on multiple fronts, but I think the way that I would focus it, I would move the prism a little bit, LZ, and what I would say is you don't have to look at it as, oh, it's sort of, it can work out. I think what you can look at it as is 
Well, my experience is not going to be lesser than if I go to an HBCU. Now, as for the NBA specifically, I believe very much in the power of symbolism. So I like this move. There's a lot of people that complain about, oh, they ain't really doing nothing. You know, this to me is, again, along the lines of one of the things the NBA does well, which is show folks what they think matters. So I'm okay with that. But I do think that from an HBCU experience standpoint, the idea there is eliminating the stigma of lesser than. It's not necessarily, you know, sort of stressing the fact that it's like, oh, an option amongst the other things. Like, no, it's a very singular and different circumstance. I happen to be from D.C. My dad went to Howard, so I've seen the way. Oh, these shoot, he's a bison. Oh, oh, come on, son. Pops is definitely out here. H.U., you know. This is all very serious to me. But my point is, is that I think what HBCUs can do in what I'll just call the um, social media era is they can tout themselves a little better, which is to say, hey, man, people going to know who you are if you're any good anyway. Come on down and have some fun. And by fun, I mean some growth as a person that you just can't have at a PWR, predominantly white institution. You know what I mean? There's a legitimate difference that does not necessarily mean insulting anybody else. Yeah, you know what? I heard Deion Sanders about a week ago on with Keyshawn in the morning. And I've really, sometimes, guys, you just hear things on the radio that just reach you the right way and they move you. I love Deion Sanders. And and what he said to Keyshawn was, Key, I'm coaching and I'm helping, and this is the words he used, our people. And I thought, okay, that really, really sounds cool. Like, it sounded authentic and genuine. Like, like, okay, Deion Sanders is going to coach at an HBCU and kids are going to want to come play for him. So Keyshawn asked a great question, which is, what happens when Florida State wants you? You're going to stay at an HBCU, or are you going to move back to your school, or go to the big time? And I think that's that's really the big question. You know, can you can you keep somebody like Deion Sanders coaching at an HBCU? Can you get a number one overall high school basketball recruit to not go to Duke, uh, or not go to Kansas, but to go to an HBCU? Will that happen? If that I may is going to be the question. If I may jump in there, if I may jump in, I I understand where you're coming from, and I do think that what Dion and um, T talked about was important, but that's not where the level of success is determined for me. Um, not just as a black person, but as a person that's around this game. The level of success in people, whether they be former athletes, whether they be education administrators, whether they be media members, the point of success for me is in whether or not these schools can put people who are talented in positions to either do other things or not. You know what I'm saying? So that if a Dion moves on to a Florida State, whomever he stays behind on like a support staff level, an athletic department level, these people are as motivated as they were songs of Dion or whomever, whomever it may be, whatever the sport, whatever the school. That's the idea, is restoring some level of credibility to more than just the athletes on the field, because the entire operation is how these people grow as people on the court, on the field, on the ice, whatever. I mean, they know HBCUs with hockey teams, but you get my point here. You grow as an athlete and as a human being, and if HBCUs can be looked at as holistically from a college experience standpoint, that doesn't just count for the people that have jerseys on. That counts for everybody who works in all these places that they can look at that. One can look at that and say, you know what? I know that program. You know what you're doing. Come along and we can all thrive. Clinton, let me ask you one thing before we let you go. And thank you, as always, for your time. Um, we've been asking – we talked about it earlier and throughout the show. and We've been kind of pegging the audience and we'll ask you as well. And we asked Brian, too. Um, the Lakers and the Clippers. Give me some grades for this this season, uh, halfway here through the season. You know, give me A through F. You can use pluses or minuses. Uh, start with the Lakers and then give me the Clippers. 
I'm not going to be a cop-out artist and call the Lakers incomplete because of the injury situation. I think that's part of the deal at this point. But I will say that considering the injury scenario, I think they're at about a B+. Plus. Um, I still think that this team has to figure out a way to co- coast correctly. Um, it doesn't have to be coasting. It can be cruise control. They have not figured out their cruise control yet, which is not an easy thing to do. You know what I mean? They had the toughest uh, job of their lives trying to win in the bubble, and they did that. As for the Clippers, I think the Clippers are probably at a B-plus, too, but it's a, a slightly overachieving B-plus, you know? Um, I don't know that I thought that in losing Trez and in changing coaches, they were going to be at this point of execution at this season, at this point of the season. But they're doing pretty good. They're not easy to beat, and I don't think anybody would think you're crazy if you thought the Clippers were going to win the NBA title. So they're both a B-plus, but for different reasons, in my opinion. What do you got before we go that you're uh, working on or that people should know about? Uh, I got all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm trying to think about the last thing that I wrote. I can't remember. It doesn't matter right now. But I'll... I remember. I remember because me and LZ tried to bring you over to our side of thinking, and you just were not having it oh. about the whole Cam Newton now, thing. Okay. About that, that wasn't the last thing, but I appreciate you saying that. That actually ended rather, you know, whatever. Well, I thought we had a good discussion. But A Room of Their Own is a series that The Undefeated did that talks to athletes and musicians about the role of the two in society right now in 2021. There you go. So Clinton Yates of The Undefeated. Follow him on Twitter at Clinton Yates. Check out his work at The Undefeated and all over uh, the ESPN family of networks. Clinton, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. Never a chore. Love you guys. Ciao, ciao. All right, be good. Love you too. Uh, all right, Clinton Yates. All right, coming up next, uh, I, we'll get back to these calls. We got people hitting us up all day with um, their grades on the Lakers. You heard it like Clinton, A through F, pluses and minuses are included. We've been having some fun with Coming to America 2 tomorrow. We'll have more fun with that tomorrow as well because it debuts tomorrow. Give us your favorite and least favorite Eddie Murphy movie. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Uh, but coming up next, there is a QB carousel going on in the NFL, and we are going to give people some homes. Uh, we'll do that in just a moment. Stick around. We are back in two and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So the reason Laura's playing this is because Mm -hmm. every time I'm on ESPN or I'm watching a game on TNT, the Bacardi remix of Gloria Stefan conga song is always on and the song is just in my head all day LZ well listen she was rolling yeah. that band was rolling yeah they they couldn't miss anything for you was my cut yeah well Even remember I, I didn't have anybody that was still singing that song yeah now remember much like the uh you know the the great legend Gladys Knight. Uh, now I'm not trying to compare Gloria Stefan to her, but I'm saying in the from a musical perspective, a similar trajectory in this case. Remember, it was Gladys Knight and the Pips, 
right. then the pips weren't there anymore in 1987. Right. And it was just Miss Gladys. And the same thing happened with Gloria, Scott Kaplan, if you remember. Gloria, sound it was machine. Gloria, it was, first it was the Miami sound right. machine. Right. Right. Then yeah. it was Gloria Stefan in the Miami sound yeah. machine. And then the Miami sound machine just wasn't even around anymore. Right, you right. Know? right. And then, you know, then everybody at every bar mitzvah on the planet decided to do the conga line yeah and, and go <laughs> right there wasn't there wasn't one bar mitzvah that you went to that didn't have you know celebrate good times come on and yeah. didn't have the the uh miami sound machine and thing. the electric slide i'm yeah, sure yeah. slide yeah. absolutely absolutely i mean so so i would simply say that it's really easy to understand where this show is going right now with sedano lz and kaplan but pretty soon cap is just gonna be sedano <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> that's the way these things go, apparently, based oh, upon no. the musics. <laughs> no, I ain't leaving. You guys aren't the sound machine or the pips. <laughs> We're equal partners here. You know what I'm saying? We're like, color I, me bad. Oh, no, that's not a good the, example either. No, that's not. I can yeah. see the writing on the microphone. <laughs> I was going to say, we're not color me bad either, though. Let's not do that. Let's not. There's got to be a better threesome than that. Oh, man. Good Lord. Hey, uh, uh, let me just remind everybody, coming up, we got our pop quiz. Yeah. For the for the Laker Papa shot, okay? It's a $369 value. It's going to fit perfectly in your home. Your kids are going to love it. You can visit pop, P-O-P-A, popashot.net for more information. But that giveaway is coming up. Stay tuned. Yeah, 640, we're doing that. We're also going to play a game in about 10 minutes, a new game. Uh, that uh, we're going to play here on the show. Uh, if you want to hit us up and give us your Laker grades, 877-710-ESPN. We've been having some fun with that. We've been having some fun with the Eddie Murphy coming to America, uh, two coming out tomorrow, and we've been discussing our favorite and least favorite Eddie Murphy movies. The callers have done a great job today. The audience, as always, does a great job. Uh, but real quick, so in the NFL, okay, there are a lot of quarterbacks that are looking for homes or need to find homes. So there was a story today, uh, USC – quarterback, former USC quarterback, Sam Darnold, that the Jets GM said that, you know, they ain't actively shopping, Sam, but, you know, teams are calling and they're listening, you know, about Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are a number of guys that are available right now or guys that want out of their current situations. And when you look at that list of guys, they, you know, these, these are pretty big names when you think of quarterbacks in some cases, right? So you've got – we mentioned Darnold. But, you know, Russell Wilson, we've been talking about that for a while, right? Drew Brees out there, you know, pushing sleds in the middle of the street somewhere, you know, in Louisiana or whatever the hell. Um, you know, Jimmy G is out there, I think. Like, it seems like he could be dangled. And this was a guy that got the richest contract in, in the sport uh, not that long ago. Uh, Deshaun Watson, clearly we've talked a lot about him. And, of course, Dak, we've talked a lot about him. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fi- give them some homes. Laura, find me some music. Just give me anything right now um, because – I'd love to hear what you guys think about the homes I have for them. Now, look, I'll say this, okay? Ru- we'll start with Russell Wilson and Dak because I feel like there is a lot of talk, LZ, about where those two guys are going to end up and this, that, and the other. You know, and you know, agents are saying that you know Russ hasn't made a formal uh, trade demand, but yet all of a sudden there's a list of teams. Like, it's weird. So, but I'm going to say this. Him and Pete Carroll, maybe they're not getting along. Maybe Russ just wants some say. I think cooler heads prevail, and I think Russell Wilson stays in Seattle. I think Russell Wilson stays in Seattle as well. Um, Not because they don't have issues, but because I think they know the partnership is greater than the issues that they have. 
And that's the equation that needs to be worked out for both sides. But at the end of the day, they've been very successful as a partnership. Pete Carroll doesn't sound, doesn't appear to me to be the kind of person who's going to dig his heels in and not move. So I expect Russell to stay. Boy, I wish I could give you guys like something super sexy. Like, no, I actually really think Russell Wilson's going to get traded to the Dallas Cowboys. But I don't. I, I really think that having been around the Seahawks a lot throughout Russell Wilson's career, um, I've always thought that Pete and Russ had a great relationship. And I'm surprised by what's happened here this offseason. And yet, I'm not surprised because as guys get older and as guys make more money, they gain more confidence. I'm with you guys. I wish I could debate it with you guys, but I'm telling you, I think Russell Wilson will start the season. And, and he'll be in Seattle. So you mentioned Dak and the Cowboys. I also think Dak and the Cowboys will figure this out. Now, I think there's a very real chance, Scott, that Dak just takes the second year of a uh, you know the franchise tag and then really becomes unrestricted after that. But I, I'm willing to bet that Dak Prescott is a Cowboy next year. I think that Dak Prescott will not be a Cowboy. Oh. I think that if you're Jerry Jones, you're going to look at Dak Prescott and say, what was he before he was injured? And not this year, because he was leading the NFL in passing yards, but what was he as a body of work? And do I want to spend that much money? Do I want to invest that much money in a quarterback? Do I think he's really one of the elite franchise quarterbacks? I don't think Jerry Jones is going to do it. I think his injury uh, last year is going to have Dallas look in a different direction. LZ? Uh, I believe that Dak will be a Cowboy. Um, because I believe Dak wants to be a cowboy. I don't believe Dak is the kind of I don't believe Dak is a mercenary. I think he wants a home. And he has one and he wants to work it out. And as long as the money is right, remember this isn't a Deshaun Watson situation where he feels the organization is racist. Mm -hmm. I think that this is a pay me my money and we're good to go sort of relationship. And I think Jerry will give him his money. I think you're right. And by the way, if I'm Dak Prescott, you know, I don't really need to, I don't have to haggle over the last few million bucks because the reality is being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, whether we win or we don't win, I'm doing chunky soup commercials because I'm the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just you think don't that... have to win. You, you're, if you're the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, you're a star. You are, but you got to be at least good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. But yeah. the Cowboys yeah. have not they, they've not really come close to winning a championship. And I'm not putting that on Dak. I'm just saying that he doesn't have to win a championship. He just has to be good because if you're the Cowboys quarterback, you're a star. OK, fair enough. Let me go to the next quarterback. Uh, I'm going to go to Sean Watson. Now, listen, Deshaun Watson's college teammate and f like one of his closest friends is Christian Wilkins who was the first-round pick of the Miami Dolphins last year. He has been in Miami, like, the whole offseason. Now, granted, a lot of people are in Miami or L.A. in the offseason in sports. But he's been out there hanging out. He's taking IG Pictures LZ at Prime 112. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is living the life spot. down there, okay? I think he's going to be a Dolphin. What do you think? Uh, Don't they have Tua? I think they're going to trade Tua as part of a package to get him. Ah, ah, I don't Not think so. That. Not feeling that. I don't think so. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I. I. I think they're gonna roll with this Tua guy because 
they went after him for a reason. And this isn't Arizona, which, you know, changed everything between drafts. Right. This is this is the same head coach. And unless you're telling me that Flores is is looking at him side eye, then that's something different. But if this is strictly about media speculation, I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna stay with what they got because to to get them is gonna cost a lot. All right. So Deshaun Watson. Here's my prediction. You ready for this? Deshaun Go. Watson goes to the New York Jets in a trade for Sam Darnold, and Darnold ends up in Houston. Watson with the Jets. Okay. See, I got Darnold going to the Niners. Uh, because I think Jimmy G is out, which I think Jimmy G goes to the Patriots, LZ, back to New England for less than a second-round pick because, you know, he's busted up right now. Um, and I think that the Niners can trade a second or a third perhaps to get Darnold. I think those two get worked out that way. What do you think? I think the Jets would be crazy to get rid of Darnold. Why would you get rid of Darnold when you just fired the coach that had him? Because they like Zach Wilson, the kid from BYU. I don't care what they reportedly are being said. It makes no sense to blow up both your head coach and your quarterback unless you're Arizona, which did that. (laughs) But that's rare. It's rare for both the head coach and your starting QB, who's young, to both be outed and then you replant them, replace them with – it's so rare. So I'm more prone to think that, that Sam Darnold is going to be in, in, in New York. It just happened in Philly. You're, you're making a great point. It just happened in Philadelphia. No, so, it didn't just happen. Well, I that mean – That took they, years. Yeah, yeah, but you understand, like, their quarterback and coach are both gone in this offseason. Yeah, but that was years. That's not the same thing. I think that if you're Sam Darnold – you'd probably love to get a fresh start based on what you've seen there. And Deshaun Watson is saying, I'm not playing. So eventually I got to think Houston will acquiesce and make a deal. And New York might be a great place. Who was it that, that gave advice to Man, Deshaun Watson? I think Watson? the Jets are a dumpster fire. I wouldn't want to play there. Yeah. I, was, I don't think so. All right, last one before we go. Drew, real quick, Drew Brees, the last time a – Former great champion quarterback with a noodle arm. Needed a team. He went to John Elway and the Denver Broncos, and that's what I'm predicting with Drew Brees. First of Cap- all, Peyton did oh. not have a noodle arm. He, he did not have – or Manny did not have a noodle arm that first year. He was, he was ridiculous. I think he broke records that first year. So I, would, this, so I don't think it's necessarily apples to apples. I don't think Drew Brees goes anywhere. You know, that first year for Peyton Manning in Denver, they were right there, and they lost to Baltimore at home in the divisional round on a last-second Hail Mary. Uh, no, Hail no, Mary. no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, that was Tebow, right? No, no, no. This Not is, the first uh, year? No, no, this is, this is uh, Peyton's first year. They, they had a home playoff game. They lost to Baltimore. Flacco threw a long touchdown pass in the waning seconds of the game, and that's how Peyton Manning got knocked out the first time. Here's the thing about Drew Brees. Uh, LZ, you're right. The only way Drew Brees plays is if he plays in New Orleans. All this sled pushing and the questions about will he or won't he retire. I talked to his trainer just the other day. He's the guy that's narrating the video. And he said the only way he plays is with the Saints. And after the conversation I had with his trainer, I'm convinced Drew Brees is retiring. Okay. I'll take retirement. I'll I'll take retirement. I'll take retirement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That's it. That's, uh, That's our QB carousel. All right. We got a game. 
Big deal or no deal? We play that in two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, this is another easy game. I'm going to ask one of you each a question, and you have to say whether it's a big deal or no deal. And I'm actually going to start right here with, I'm going to start with ULZ because I just saw this trending on Twitter. Apparently, Marvel Studios is working on a new movie called The Mutants involving the X-Men, and the X-Men are officially coming into the MCU. Is this a big deal or no deal? This is a very big deal because the Marvel Universe was able to become this juggernaut without having access to the word or the premise of mutants. And everyone who's a nerd have been waiting for this moment. So this will be, at the end of its run, the highest grossing film of all time. Wow. Big deal. That's a big, that, that is a huge proclamation. What is right now the biggest? Is it one of the Star Wars movies? No, it's uh, Endgame. 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 Okay. Is the highest grossing movie ever? Ever. Hmm. And that's uh, without mutants. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to say, look, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far because I, I don't know. You know, that's a pretty bold pl- proclamation. But I will agree it's a big deal because to Elsie's point, um, because of the weird dynamic between – um, Fox and the merger with Disney and the movies and all that, right? Like there was just some of it that wasn't available uh, to Disney at the time. But clearly Disney has absolutely crushed the Marvel Universe and will continue to do that, um, whereas some of those Fox movies weren't that good. So I, I agree with LZ, big deal. I'd have to go with no deal here, and it's simply because I've, I've made this admission and, uh, and I can't lie. I just can't tell a lie. I'm out on all this stuff. I just, you just don't never, like the superhero movies. Just have never gotten into it. I mean, I've okay. seen a few of them. You know, the, but, but but Cap, this yes, isn't sir. a Cap deal. No, no, this is a big deal or no deal. So I do you, acknowledge. What do you think the masses are going to do? Yes, I agree with you and George. Big deal, yes. But for those of us that have never gotten into this, it's no deal. No deal. Okay, fine. All right. All right, Scorsese. Well, (laughs) listen, I'm listening to Cap Greg, and I'm trying to figure out how the hell did Marvel get like six movies of all time in the top ten, and he thinks it's not a deal, but okay. No, I was watching a game that day, I think, is what happened. Yeah, all right, well, you can watch the games. Front front office sports. By the way, hold on, hold on. Let me interrupt here real quick. Greg Bergman, do you remember how mad you were at LaShawn McCoy when he gave out the ending to, to, uh, to Endgame? I freaked out. I was pissed. Yeah. That made he me was, very, very Let me angry. tell you something, LZ. This man, I have seen him angry before. 
I don't think I've ever seen him this shade of nuclear red in the office <laughs> than when that LaShawn McCoy tweet popped up on his timeline. That's hilarious. He told I, me Iron Man died before the movie even. Whoa, whoa, spoiler alert! Hey, 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 no, it's not, a, it's not like a spoiler two, anymore. Like I know, it's a joke. Old. It's a joke. Yeah. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, let yeah, me watch whatever. Scott hasn't seen it. There you go. <laughs> He's not going to see it, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very confused. I'm very confused by him. But, yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Listen, listen. First Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., right? Yeah. Okay. So, like, Robert Downey Jr., for me, I see jewels in less than zero, you know? So, I don't know. Next question. Next question. Next <laughs> question. Front Office Sports is uh, saying that uh, Overtime is launching a new basketball league called Overtime Elite, and it's for 16 to 18 year olds. Players get a $100,000 minimum salary, health benefits, equity stake in the company Overtime. If an athlete decides not to pursue basketball professionally, Overtime will cover college tuition up to $100,000. George Sedano, is this a big deal or no deal? Oh, my God. Yeah, man. I mean, have you seen all the conversations about, uh, you know, free college or junior college or all that stuff? There is no question. This is an easy one. Absolutely. Monster deal. I'm going to have to say no deal for this reason because I got to see it to believe it. You know, there's been talk of uh, Tom Brady's agent was pitching a, uh, a, a professional football league that would be for kids that graduated high school didn't want to go to college, wanted to make money right away, could spend three years and then be a feeder into the NFL. And I thought, hey, that's a brilliant idea. And it's not materialized. So when this stuff materializes, I'm going to say big deal. For now, until I see it, I'm going to say no deal. I'm going to say big deal because the conversation itself moves the needle forward. And the closer and closer you get to perfection, the more and more I'm more inclined to say it's a big deal. All right, we got time for one more. Do you want a sports question or do you want an entertainment question? Or entertainment. Entertainment. We've been doing sports all day. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so then this isn't so much entertainment, but Coinbase is making its way to the stock market. IPO, first, baby. This will be the first publicly traded cryptocurrency exchange. So, Scott, you haven't answered first. Is this a big deal or no deal? I think it's a really big deal. I think that um, <laughs> I was just having this conversation off air, just ironically. In 2018, when I started to hear about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and blockchain, I remember talking to some people about this, and they laughed me out of the room. I'm no expert in blockchain. I don't own any Bitcoin. But three years ago, I knew that there was something happening here. Um, and believe me, I'm no financial expert, okay? But I think it's a very big deal that cryptocurrency is making its way to the world of legitimate stock market uh, acceptance. People can trade it. I think it's a very, very big deal. I mean, listen, you don't have to tell me. I am, I am invested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and I got really into it over the summer. And look, I look at it this way, Scott and LZ. You follow the money. And when you get institutional buy-in to something like this, like, you know, big hedge funds, uh, corporations, people who are already billionaires, like those people aren't, you know, made that money for a reason, you know? And so on top of my initial belief in it, then the institutional buy-in, I think, has helped create a bigger marketplace for it. Uh, so I, I do believe it's a big deal, and I think it will continue to be a big deal. 
I think it's a big deal in the sense of more of the average American, average woman, average man is beginning to realize that all of this is made up. <laughs> all of it is make-believe. You know, these social media companies that are worth billions are only worth billions based upon projections, not actual, like, product being produced. It's whether or not people buy into it. So I think it's a very big deal. It's the natural transition in terms of this make-believe economy that, that Wall Street is based upon anyway. And I, I'm happy to see it. I'm here for it. All of it. We out here. Yeah. I, I, I want to see it. And, you know, maybe because I was, uh, you know, I was able to get Bitcoin at a decent price, you know, maybe I, I do want to see it, you know, for Have you ever tried reasons. to cash? Have you ever tried to turn Bitcoin back to cash? Yes. On Coinbase. It's mm-hmm. Fairly simple. Got it. That's yeah. what people need to know. I mean, that's, that's why that whole GameStop thing from, I don't know, six weeks ago or whatever, it, it made every teenager that I knew say, hey, how do I, how do, I do that? Oh, I want to open an account. I've got $100. Yeah. I'm telling you. Dude, I, uh, I told you the story. I got, I, I got into it because at the end of the football season, um, I had a, uh, a, 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 a gambling account that was not going to serve the U.S. anymore. And they and because I didn't have enough money in there, they wouldn't send me a cashier's check. So they're like, you can create a Bitcoin wallet. And that's what I did. So I opened up a Bitcoin account um, on Coinbase. And that money all of a sudden doubled, like in a very short amount of time. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, maybe I should do my homework on this. <laughs> and I did. And I was like, all right, I'm willing to put a little, a little, a little coin in the coin, you know? My, my guess is, is Bitcoin aside or any sort of... Uh, NFT, that's a, a phrase you're hearing around the world. Token, yes, right? People yeah. are, are using this phrase now, NFT. I'm yeah. glad George said non-fungible token because people who don't want to ask the question, like, what does that mean? Because I don't want to sound stupid. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, my, suspect, my suspicion is we all know what blockchain is and we're all using blockchain within the next five years and it's very commonplace. I hope so. Um, all right, next cap, what do we got? We're giving away that Papa shot. What's that's the deal right. for that? Here, here's the deal. Time for the pop quiz. So load the phones right now, and here's why. The first person that makes it onto the airwaves, that person has a chance to run the table. You get five straight answers, you win that $369 pop shot. However, you might get one. The next person might get two and three. The next person might get four. And then maybe somebody is the last person standing and answers number five. I'll be shocked if anybody can run the table today. But we're giving it away. Time for a pop quiz coming up all right we are back in dos minutos to play pop quiz line up the phones at 877-710-ESPN that was a lot of explosions before yeah. we got to John Bon Jovi Fireworks. a lot of them a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> Morales loading in a lot of explosions there good lord <laughs> all right so how are we doing this are we taking one question yeah and then, so, uh, so so George you start us off LZ then jump in I'll jump in but but let's bring a caller on the air, and we'll give away this this Papa shot. This will be right. fantastic. So explain explain one more time, Scott, for people right. who are listening and calling here's in the, right here's now. Here's the deal. Laura, you tell us. Who's the first person that's on the line right well, now? Well, Jason and Downey is the first person. Great. So Jason and Downey will come on the air, George. He will have a chance to run the table. If he can answer five straight questions of things that have happened on the show today, Jason will win. No one else will get a shot. Right. The likelihood of Jason answering all five, very, very low, like very. the Lakers shooting percentage. So whoever is the last person standing who answers question five 
that person is the winner and takes home the $369 Laker Pampa shot. Okay, there you go. So that's a pretty good deal. All right, Jason and Downey, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty well, guys. All right, here's the first question. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, who was our first guest today at the top of the show? Wendy. No, sorry, nope, Jason. Sorry. See, there you go. Uh, right. You, you got to listen to the whole show, my brother. The whole yeah. show. Yeah. All right. Uh, so then who's next? Who's next? All right. So the next caller is Anthony in Huntington Beach. Anthony, you ready? I'm ready. I've been on hold to do a Raider talk, but I'm here. I'll no, no. Give us talk. Raider talk first. We'll let you do Raider talk. Go quickly. Really quick. Waller is 100% correct. We all drink the juice of John Gruden, but you also have to point the finger at Mayock. Look at the drafting they've done. They've hit one time on a first round pick, and that's Josh Jacobs. Farrell, bust. Pick after that, Devin Washington. Abram, question mark. Arnett, question mark. You've got to look at the drafting. You've got to look at both of them. 4-12, 7-9, 8-8. They blew three games yes, last year. They could have been 11-5. That's another story. Yes, they've got to make the playoffs, or it's time to bring something else new in. Also, Davis, he might have to go. He stays out of the spotlight. Wow, the owner's got to go now. People do their stuff. <laughs> But it wow. might be time. Also, one more thing to LZ, and then I'll do the Papa shot because I'm hot. Derek wow. Carr's not the problem. He's not the problem. If you look at his numbers, his numbers are outstanding for the six, seven years he's been in the league. He's like a Stafford. He's exactly a Stafford-type quarterback. He has, hasn't had much around him. He puts up great numbers. You put Stafford, you put Carr with the Rams, I think they're better than with Stafford with the Rams. That's right. just me. That's my right. take. Now, Papa Shot. Here's what I would I'll say to you. Rack him. All right, go ahead, LZ. You can ask the next question. <laughs> well, are we doing the same question because it wasn't answered correctly? I mean, yeah, you, yeah, that going. That'll be yeah. Gladys Knight. Okay, boom. Right, look boom. at you. You All are right, hot. Look at you. You are hot. Damn, boy. Next. This is, this is why I blow it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's got the next question? All Scott, right, here you, you go. go. Here you go. Um, what does LZ call Drake? Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! You heard this. You oh, know I what he this. said. He called, Drake, um, he called Drake something because. Oh, what was the topic on it? And I'll tell you what he called it. What was? No, this? we can't do that. No, no, we don't do hints. This isn't like hint Jeopardy. This right, is just straight Jeopardy. This isn't, hint. this isn't like a lifeline do, kind of a hint. Do, do, um, do, do, Ten seconds. Five seconds. A fake. Uh, I, so right, I, you know, I don't know. It's on the tip of my tongue. No, I, right. I'm not even going to get it. Peace out, man. Shame. Although you got your Raider stuff off your chest. That was good. Um, Come into that's... mediocrity. Larry. Larry Knoxnard. Larry, you ready? Um, yes. Hello. Yes, sir, Larry. Hello. All right. Yes. Um, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Name what company made LZ? What film... Uh, this is not the way the question should be answered, so I'm going to skip to a different one. Um, <laughs> what actor asked LZ about LeBron and the Lakers on a red carpet? Ooh, I don't know. I'm sorry. All right, sorry, Don't, man. don't yeah. apologize. It's all yeah, it's good. Okay. All, all right, I'm trying fence. to explain to everybody. you got to take notes. You know, you yeah. got to really take yeah. notes. What happens now? What's going now? What's going to happen is whoever answers question number five. We're like three questions in. Whoever winds up answering answering question number five is going to going to be the winner. Okay, so Scott, you're next. Mark in Ontario. Mark, good afternoon. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Really good. Um, okay. 
Earlier in the show, I said I want two very famous ball players to guest on the show. George kind of laughed me off, said they'll never do it. LZ said I haven't tried. I think these two guys are regular guys and they can just be on the show. Who are these two guys? I have no idea. Uh, uh, yeah, and you're man, out. You got to listen to the whole show. Yeah. Uh, we've got only five more minutes here, so we got to keep it going. Frank and Fullerton. Frank, are you ready? Ready. Don't ask right. me about Al Gore. <laughs> oh, it's you. You, you got right. it right. Yes, Al Gore was the answer this time to a question we haven't asked yet. Yes. All right. All right. Who was the first guest on the show today? That is Knight. Correct. Okay, Scott, go. Um, did you hear by chance today what LZ calls Drake? Degrassi. Oh, here we go. Oh, LZ? What famous singer does Cap not know? Selena. Oh! <laughs> oh! Okay. What actor asked LZ about LeBron and the Lakers on the red carpet? Denzel Washington. No! That was me talking about Denzel Washington. (laughs) George, whoever's on the line next is going to be the winner, man. Uh, Answer the next question is going to win. Well, he's got to get two right because our our buddy Frank only got three right. Mm. Uh, Sam in Huntington Beach, you ready? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, We're good. Who was the first guest on the show today? Gladys Knight. All right. What does LZ call Drake? Degrassi. All right. All right. What famous singer does Scott not know? Selena. Correct. Oh. What actor asked LZ about LeBron and the Lakers at the red carpet? Um, there's something with Marvel, too. Uh, Five. No. Oh. Everybody's stuck at that one. All right. Uh. Let's go to Kevin in Simi Valley. Kevin, are you ready? I'm just going to do this fast so we can get through this. Pick it up. Um, Pick it up on four. All right. All right. So. Let's just do it quick. First guest of the show today. Gladys Knight. All right. LZ calls Drake what? Degrassi. What famous singer does Scott not know? Selena. Okay. What actor asked LZ? Yes! Yes! One more. One more. Okay. Name one of the two famous people that are athletes that Scott wants on the show that I said won't happen. Ah. Sweet Jesus, man. This one? Come on. Oh, you, gonna, you need to name one. This is from the very LeBron. beginning of the show. Yes! 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 You win. <laughs> Kevin and Simi Valley, congratulations, my man. Thank you. All right, man. We're uh, going to put you on hold, okay? Congrats. There you go. It's you very stressful. Yeah. Yes. Very, very stressful. The music actually day. makes it more stressful, I it feel does. like. Laura picked good music. Yes. Yeah. You're welcome. No, Laura, I need you to take some music that's a little bit more chill. No, no, no. <laughs> this got, is I, good. I got I heart like issues. This. I can't be having this thing <laughs> pumping me up like that. I like this. This was good. <laughs> Gotta get pumped, man. Yeah. $369 Papa Shot. Enjoy it, man. Visit I felt bad for everybody. I felt bad for everybody. But I felt really bad for our boy Frankie in Fullerton again. I know. (laughs) Hey, you know, we're doing another one of these tomorrow. So I just want to say to everybody that's listening right now, tomorrow at 3.55 when we go on the air, you need to be there. Have your pen and your paper or take notes on your phone because if you want to win – you just got to get on the air, but you got to know what happened at 355 if you're going to win at 655. Exactly. Because we don't know who's calling us at the beginning of the show. It could be Elton John.
<laughs> right. You never know tomorrow, right? Could be LeBron. Maybe, maybe it'll be Bruce Springsteen. Maybe, maybe it'll be LeBron. Who finally maybe said, it'll be LeBron. You know LeBron. what? I heard you guys had your my name in your mouth. What's up? Yeah, yeah <laughs> really? You guys are looking for me? Who wants a piece of me? Yeah. There you go. So there you have it. Um, all right. We got, uh, what do we got? Travis and Sliwa up next? Yes, sir. I, I feel like. Like they, we should, they should do their own game, and it should just be like pop culture things that Sliwa doesn't know. Man, mm. we should have a competition between me and Slee, who knows less. Oh my really. God, who knows less about yeah. pop culture? Absolutely, yeah. no. You would win that. You would win that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I like in the sense of you would know more. Oh, like right. he would know less than you. I love Sliwa, but Sliwa eats, breathes, and sleeps Laker basketball. Once like you if you're asking got- him. Uh, Alfonso McKinney's shoe size, he's got you there. Yeah. Once you guys, I got to say, got about eight, nine deep into the Eddie Murphy movies, I was like, man, I watched 48 Hours like 400 times. Sorry, I must have missed this one. Yeah, you guys went deep into the roster of Eddie Murphy movies today. I was very impressed. By the way, your old producer, Jesse, who was mm-hmm. producing your show back yes, then and Jesse now produces uh, them, uh, says you are actually worse at pop culture. Well, uh-huh. he's just upset because I don't watch and I don't like Star Wars and I haven't watched The Mandalorian yet. You haven't seen I've seen the first two episodes of The Mandalorian, so I'm still working on that. Um, all right, we are done here. LZ Granderson, excellent work as always. Excellent work with you, brother. Uh, Scott Kaplan, great job. Excellent work as always. Hey, today was a great day. So much fun. Much love to our entire squad and all the 710 listeners. All right, Greg and Laura, great job. Thanks to all our guests, Miss Gladys Knight, Brian Windhorst, and Clinton Yates. Congratulations to Kevin and Simi Valley for winning. We're doing it again tomorrow. Travis and Sliwa are up next. See ya.